Professional Summit in Miami, Florida, the Core presents Sales Training Boot Camp with Carson Vaughn and Ben Lemon. Today's topic, hiring and developing a rock star team. We looked up to Carson. He has an amazing business. Uh, he's been married for what, 18, 18 years. 18. He's got three children. Uh, we, we talk about golf a lot because I love to golf, and his son is big into golfing, and it's really cool to be here. So, Carson, why don't you take it away? Okay, awesome. So, I'm super fired up and excited to teach this class and to teach it with Ben. Um, ben runs a great branch. He's got nine, nine LOs. Yeah. Nine LOs, a big team, rocking, cranking out 40 loans a month, like 40 loans a month right now. Not 40 loans a month last year. Like, he's cranking it. He's dialed in. And... This is where it all starts, right? Getting the team piece right. So in addition to running, I'm going to back up just a second. In addition to running an amazing branch, like what I really love about Ben, though, is the family man that he is. He's got four kids. He's into golf. And when I share that passion of, of golf, my son's a big golfer, like he said. Back to the piece of the team, right? This is where it starts. This is the foundation. We build the team so that we can do the work. Right. And so in this class, we're going to talk to you guys about how to build the right, proper, small team. And Ben and I were preparing for the class and we were thinking about how long ago was it when we were at that one or two team members trying to go to that third team member and having that full, complete team. Right. And I think it was 10 years ago for me, which is about when I joined the Corps as a student, that I hired my first assistant. And I would love to tell you that I got it right, that she's still with me today. The truth is, I went through eight or nine people that were great people, except for one. I'll tell you about her in just a second. But they were great people. I was just not a good boss. I wasn't a great leader yet. I wasn't a good manager. I didn't know what I was doing and didn't know where to find them and how to grow them. And so when I look at the branch today, the branch and I've got six loan officers and 23 total employees at the branch. And of those 23, 21 of them started with no experience and started on my team. So we're going to talk a lot about growing people organically. I'd love to tell you you can go and recruit the perfect person. But the truth is we're going to find entry-level people with a great attitude. And we're going to grow and pour into them and grow and develop them. Right? So... With the team, there's really three positions, right? There's an LP1 lead intake. There's an LP1 admin. And there's an LP2. So there's an LP1 lead intake. We've got the job descriptions in the book. What page are we on? We're on page 184. 184. Page 184. You can reference positions. We've got our flow charts in there as well. So I want to take a little inventory here by a show of hands. How many in the room have a three-person team? Okay, that's about two-thirds of the room. How many have two people or less on their team, not including yourself? Okay, that's about the other third of the room. Perfect. That helps us know how to size up the room and how to speak to you guys, right, and where to focus on, on where we're going with this class. So, page 184. Yep. So, page 184. We're going to talk about the top job duties, the flow chart, and the different positions, right? We, we could spend the entire class talking about who does what. And so I want to make sure that we just reference those positions, right? So the LP1 lead intake, 
on my team looks like this, right? They take everything from the initial phone call all the way to scheduling the appointment for me. And we measure what they do on the flow chart, which is on page 188. You'll see my flow chart of my team. And on page 187, you'll see Ben's flow chart of his team. 189. 189. Yep. Thank you. What you'll find is that it looks like there's a lot of people, right? I have an eight-person team, but the truth is it's those same three positions. There's just a couple of each, right? So, Ben, share with us yeah. what your team looks like and, yeah. and, the, and the positions of who. So, I have uh, an executive assistant, which is my LP1 admin, right? As well as I have uh, five LP1s and three LP2s. So I have a larger team. Obviously, I'm closing more loans, um, but it's the it's the same as it was when I started in the business, and when I am. Or it, the only difference is today is that we have more leads, we have more business, and those those LP1s are setting those appointments, and they're they are our nurses, and we are the doctors, right? So what do you, um, Carson? What uh, what is your what does your LP1 admin do for you? LP1 admin top job duties are email, schedule, and list. So specifically, keeping me out of the email, flagging a couple, two or three a day that I need to look at. That saves me, what, two to three hours a day getting me out of email, honestly. Yeah. That, was, that was a game changer, right? The schedule, guarding my schedule, guarding my time, making sure there's drive time, making sure that there's notes for the appointment, like running defense on my schedule completely. And then third is lists, managing birthday lists, managing my VIP list, all my call lists. Yeah. So exactly the same. I would add that she holds me accountable to what I'm supposed to do, right? So she has that printed schedule on my desk, as well as on Monday, we look at a week at a glance. And we have that printed schedule so that we know what we're doing that day, as well as she has my list for who, to, who I need to call. So she holds me accountable to those theme days on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We, we're not always motivated when we come into the office, right? So we have to have somebody to hold us accountable. That is the key to having the LP1 admin. Okay? Any questions about the LP1 admin? Uh, can they do any more? No, they don't do any marketing. So if you look at my page on 188, I believe, I have another LP1 admin that is my client concierge. That helps me with my gifting as well as social media, um, those types of things to, to, to put that out there. Great question. So the question was, how, does, uh, how, how, how do we make that happen if we have a small team, right? So for sure... We have to, that, that's part of that, that gifting, but it's really coming up with the list of things that, that they can do, right? So we've got to, we've got to detail that and we've got to put a plan in place of how to do that. Does that make sense? Does that give you your answer? Okay. How do you hold them accountable to holding you accountable? How do you, how do you hold them accountable to holding you accountable? So it's the carrot and the stick, right? So I'm a carrot guy. So do you guys understand what the carrot and the stick is? So, if I do what I'm supposed to do, then I get to leave a little bit early on Friday. If I don't do what I'm supposed to do, then I've got to stay until it gets done. Or if I don't make a call, then I get fined. So it's $10 a name that I pay her if I don't make those calls. Great question. Hey, Ben, we got another question over here. 
Yeah. Right here. Over here. To your left. Sorry. Are you nervous about having your LP1 make the first contact with the borrower and not to get that first impression done by yourself? Absolutely. So, uh, and we're going to get into this, yep. get into some of this stuff, but um, so let me tell you a little bit about my journey with my team. So I'm a big believer in having the best people on the front because I want to have somebody that has the ability to handle objections when they call as well as um, as well as be able to communicate, right? So I'm a big believer in hiring, and we're going to get into some of this stuff, and if you guys have any questions, we can go to this. But uh, we actually, when we hire somebody, and, and I, in the past, I would just, and we'll get into this with delegation, but um, in the past, I would just say, do this, do this, do this, do this, right? And it never worked. So today, what I do is when I bring somebody in, I hire them to be an LP2 assistant, and they are in training for at least six months, Okay. So that's, that may not be the case for some of you guys because, and gals, because you don't have that. You have two people and you don't have the bandwidth to have a buddy in the system, right? But so I have them come in and I train with the LP2 assistant. I bring them in as an LP2 then because they've been trained. And then I, I, and then I move them into the LP1 position. Does that make sense? Because I want my best people communicate with them. So the question was, do I worry about, do I worry about them contacting a client? Absolutely. But that comes back to what? We've got to spend time with them, training them. We've got to spend time shadowing them. They've got to spend time with them, listening to us make a phone call as if they were us or, or doing the same thing. So the plan is, is that you have to have a script. So let me ask you guys this question. How do you, and write this down, because I, I had somebody come into my office, and this is so simple and was so impactful. How, do you, how does your team members answer the phone? How does your team member answer the phone? Do they, if, if you went and asked your team member how they answer the phone, would they say, would every one of them say the same thing? No, just answering the phone if somebody called in. Oh, I'm coming back. Okay, so in the past, when this happened, I had 10 people on my team, and somebody asked me that question, and every one of my team members answer the phone differently. Wow. Okay? So it's that simple where we have to write scripting out when, when, that, when our LP1 calls someone, we, we need to influence them and have a script of what they're going to say. Right? So mine is, is, hi, you've reached the Ben Lemon team with Citywide Home Loans. How can I help you? Right? It's that simple. But we, they, th this is the problem with most of us is we never train them and we never set expectations. And then we get super upset when they don't do what we want them to do. Right? So, Ben, um, tell them how, how many people are at your branch total? I have 27 people at my branch. Okay. And nine LOs. And I have, out of those 27 people, 26 of them were brand new to the business. So, did you guys hear that? He's recruiting and hiring people with experience, right? No. You did what? You found people with no experience, but what did they need to have? They what, was, what was important to you? Well, like, we're going to talk about where to find these people. You can read in our book exactly what they do and how we measure. We could teach a whole class on just one of the positions, right? What we want you to get out of this class is where to find them, how to hold them, how to, how to delegate to them properly, and then finally how to retain them. 
that make sense? So where to find them is where we're going now. Yeah. So tell me, where did you find? Where your, did I find them? Yeah, where did you find your people and what was important to you about the person? Yeah, so what's, uh, where I found them, honestly, is they were referrals from the people that were already there. And the people that, the new people that came in were referrals from my database, my agents that I worked with, my VIPs, the people I knew. And all the, all the ads that I put out in the past through Indeed and everything else, I have one employee out of, out of those 26 employees, I have one that's still there. Everyone other than everyone else was a referral. And so the reason I say that is because when we go back to the, the, the one person that I hired from another company over 10 years ago, there's been a lot of growth in that time period for me. And so I, she had to do a lot of forgiving, right? Because we're changing, we're, we're, we're changing a lot. And she had, to, she had to follow under my guidance and my leadership. And so I see so many times people, when you bring them in, they're not willing to do those things. 26 of the 27 people. Yep were referred in to you through someone you already knew that knew you, that knew them. Right? Yeah, and if, you came, and if you came into my office, most of my people are 27 to 34 years old. Awesome. Is that helpful? Right? Raise your hand. Like, is that helpful? That takes a big burden off my plate to think I don't have to go recruit and woo this experienced person over. That I can go find someone that's entry level, inexperienced, that has a great attitude, that wants to learn, that wants to be a part of something, Right? That's yep. what's important to me is that character piece that they want to grow. They want to learn and grow. They want to be a part of something. They want to please me. Like, those are the four or five things that are super important. How did you find your people? So of the 23, right, that I have at my branch, one came from an ad. 22 were referred in by the people I already know. My realtors, some of my past clients, a couple of the people that already work with me, right? And... It's funny that you have one, yeah. and I have one as well, that, that wasn't referred in. And what that says about Ben and his business, when his employees are finding other people to come work with, with them, is that they like their job and they're happy where they are. Yeah. Right? Yep. So what we want you guys, we got to, I'll take a question or two, and then we're going to do a little table work. Yeah, so the question was, did you outsource any of your training? We're going to talk about training a little bit later. And uh, for, to answer your question specifically, very little of the training that I outsource, a little bit of the loan officer training as they're becoming, you know, when they get licensed, right, they do some of the loan officer training, a little bit of Zenex. But all the training that, that is done for our team is done by me or is done by one of the most senior people on my team. And we're going to talk about training, how often, and what it looks like for each of our teams in a later section. Yeah, go ahead. Is that Tyler? In order to get out of your emails, would you start putting it on like a team email so then the team can start responding, and then as you grow, bringing that person full on, that's going to handle it all the time, or would you start with like a team email first? Yeah, so I actually, I had an executive assistant with me for four years, and um we went on a, we, I take my, I take my team on a trip every year. So I went on this, this trip, uh, to Disneyland. We went on a trip to Disneyland and one of the, uh, my LP2s brought her friend and I, I, I was at, at Disneyland. I'm like, you need to work for me. I thought she was amazing. I didn't know where I was going to put her and we were at Disneyland. And so two years later, my executive assistant decided to make a career change because I was probably a bad leader. 
That's just the truth, okay? And she didn't want to work with me anymore. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later, too. But So with that, um, I reached out to her, brought her in. So she's only been with me for five months, my executive assistant. And so the way I trained her on my email was she watched how I responded to other emails. So she has full access to my email, okay? And so she's in my email all the time. And so what's funny is, is being at this event, when I go in to check my email, my inbox is completely clean, right? So she will reach out to who she needs to reach out to because we have taken time to, number one, talk about that email and what I expect her to, ha- to handle and respond to and who to go to. We've got to communicate this. We've got to, we've got to spend time with people and train them. And the reason I'm saying this is because in the past, I was not that guy. I was, I grew up on a farm and my dad said, go do this. And I, and I just, and if I didn't do it, he was going to kick my butt, right? That's how I grew up. And so when I, when I, when I got out of high school, I started doing construction and pretty soon I was leading the team and I was just barking out orders, but I never trained anybody. If we don't take the time to train them and explain to them what we expect, and then we've got to watch them do it, and we've got to show them how to do it. And then the other thing is, is that you can go in and see how they're responding. So she responded to an email last week. I said, when we were having our morning meeting, I said, hey, Sierra, what, um, what, would, what did you feel the need to respond to that for? I, didn't feel an, I, I, I said, I didn't feel like there was a need for that because you're... Sometimes you're creating more problems with responding to that. So she just didn't know, right? So we've got to talk about these things. Because they, all of our employees want to do a good job for us. And if we lose somebody, then that's our fault, right? So we've got to spend time helping them, right? It's the me, the we, the them, or them. We've got to get out of this me, me, me attitude. We've got to make it about them and help them grow to that next spot. So I got a question. By a show of hands, how many people are still in their email? I bet it's the whole room. Let me, let me do this another way. Who has fully delegated their email and is not in their email? One, two, three, four, five, six. And I know all of you guys and you've been around a long time, right? How much time do you spend in your email a day? Hours, Hours right? It's ridiculous. So that should be one of the things I'll go home and do for sure. Give up my email. You're telling me it could replace or give you two extra hours? What could you do with those two extra hours? Yeah. You could make some more money. You could get some more leads. You could convert some more leads. That's a no-brainer. That's a game-changer. It's like a a CFO, a COO of a mid-level company making three, four hundred thousand dollars a year. Do you think they're going to have an executive assistant? Yes. 100%. So why don't we? Why don't you? Carson, right? when we look at our job roles, what is our number one job? My number one job is to generate leads. Right. So if we understand what our number one job is, then we we will have those systems and processes have other people help us so that we can generate those leads. Nowhere in our top three job duties does it say, be in your email. So if that's my number one job, if you looked at my schedule, would it really be congruent with what my number one job is? And, and, yeah. and the answer is that's not always the case, right? So we talked about where to find and who to find, right? We're looking for character and attitude. We don't need a bunch of experience. I'll take great attitude and a fast learner over someone with 10 years of experience every day. And guess what? Who costs more? 
The inexperienced with the great attitude that wants to learn and be a part of something or the someone that has 10 years of experience? Yeah. 10 years costs way more, right? No brainer. So I, we want you guys to do a little bit of table work. And what we're going to do is you're going to tell the table. We're not going to have a big conversation about it. You're going to tell the table where your best team member came from, where you found them. Starting with the shortest hair going left. that first section, if you got nothing else, I want to make sure that you heard that you can find these people through the people you already know, number one. Number two, you don't need someone with a lot of experience. What you do is find the right person and we're going to pour into them and grow and develop them. That's going to move us into the second part of, of today's talk, right? We're going to talk about how do you grow and develop people? How do we delegate? What does it look like? And so I'm going to turn that over to Ben to run with this section. Cool. You guys hear me? Awesome. Okay. So, what is delegation? We've heard about, we've heard the when, what, how, why, where, what, right? We've, we've heard that through the years, and some of you that are new, right, um, to the room, but, um, we need to, ex- we need to say, hey, I would like you to do this. When does it need to be done? What needs to be done? And then how does it need to be done? Right? So, I think a lot of times, especially for me, I didn't explain the how. I said, hey, go do this. And then I was confused. Like, did I, am I just, is my communication bad? Can anybody relate to that? Like, at the end of the day, you're like, what's going on? Did it get done? But we didn't take the time to explain the how. And just like answering the phone, this is the Ben Lemon team at Citywide Home Loans. How can I help you? It's that simple. And we've got to take the time to write out how we want them to, or how we want them to do that, what we expect, and this is the key: we have to have them return and report. Okay, I think that a lot of times we miss this in our business because we're not having them return and report. So, what is returning and reporting? What does that mean? So, in the past, like I said, I said go do this. Uh, you know, what's going on, right? I, I, and, I, and I actually, before, before this, uh, before coming to the summit, I actually set my five team members that have been around for seven or eight years with me, and I said, what's been the biggest change that, you, that I've made in our business from then to today? And the biggest difference they said was, is that I, I delegate with training. And so, therefore, I'm not emotional in my business, okay? So we have to track and we have to have expectations around those things. So how do we, what's, um, what's some expectations that you have in your, with your uh, LP1s that you track and that, uh, that you expect them to, to return and report uh, Well, to I was laughing when Ben asked, if, if, if I were to ask you, does your team answer the phone the same way? And it's like, from, for the last 10 years, that's been so important to me. That's what they learned day one is like exactly how to answer the phone, right? And I'll still today listen for someone who answers the phone, not exactly. So when they call me, it's, it's thanks for calling Carson Vaughn's office with Guild Mortgage. My name is Megan. How can we serve you today? 
right? Because when someone calls in, they're expecting a guy to answer the phone, and I have a gal answering the phone. So they're on the phone immediately saying, you've got the right place. Yes, I work for Carson, right? And my name is Megan, and how can I serve you today, right? And so your, your question was, go back, I got, I got such yeah, a... Yeah, so... Redirect me here. Yeah, so what do you, what do, you do for... Ex, what, what do you do with your expectations oh. around your LP1s and your LP2s? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and on the flow chart, the metrics are there and the expectations are there. You can see it, But right? how do they return a report? How do they return and report? Yeah. So we have a daily leads meeting, and so we're talking about the converted and unconverted leads. So like they're, the LP1 lead intake's main job is, to, is to, to chase the leads, right? It's to take the information. My job is to chase and convert the leads also, but their job is to schedule the appointment with me. And so we're going through every morning the last three months' worth, and there's accountability around yeah. that. So great example. How many in the room has a team training? All right, I mean a team meeting every morning. A team meeting every morning. Better be the whole room. <laughs> and if you're a team of one, you better be having a team meeting by yourself. Right? So we need to be having a team meeting every morning. And what do we do in that team meeting? We go over the big rocks. We go over the leads. As well as we talk about something that needs to be trained on. So what is the biggest... Just like... So the question over here earlier is are you worried about the LP1 answering the phone or calling a borrower on your behalf, right? So what are you doing to train them to call? What scripting are you going over? Are you role-playing, right? Do you guys, are you guys doing role-plays in your team meetings? Does your team members have a buddy? So everyone on my team has a buddy. Does that make sense? So a buddy... Even my MLAs and my LOs, they have a buddy. So what that means is if they hit a roadblock, right, what do they do? What are they doing to help them overcome that? Right? So, hey, I've got this situation. How do I overcome that? So every buddy on my team has a buddy. Hey Ben. Yeah. So for a small team, who's the buddy? You. You guys, you're the buddy, right? Yep. So if you're talking about training LP1s. The best way to train an LP1 is for them to listen to you on the phone. You better be sitting. How many have LP1s that are virtual that are not in your office? Like, it's time to go home and change that, right? I need to hear how they speak on the phone. They need to hear how I speak on the phone, right? And so the best training, this is a... So you want to know what I... Go ahead. The tactic I use? So every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from 4.30 to 5, all my LP1s and I meet in my office. And I call leads, and they listen to me make calls. Right? You guys hear that? Write that down. How many of you need to make the lead calls in front of your LP1 on a weekly basis? Like, everybody. That's one of the main things that we do is we've got a second headset with a splitter, and they listen to the call and can hear both sides of the call. So I don't have to put the person on speakerphone. Nobody wants to be on speakerphone, right? You can get a splitter, and you can get a second headset, and you can run the call through so that a second person, right, can yep. be on that call listening to both sides and how I handle that call and overcome those objections. Absolutely. I do the exact same thing. You guys write that down and be committed to training your LP1s by incorporating them and calling your leads at the end of the day, incorporating them by letting them sit through your consults. Yep. Does that make sense? The other thing I do is I actually, we have a couch out by my LP1s. I'll actually go out there and sit and listen to calls. So I sit and listen to the call. And in the past, say this, say this, say this. Has anybody done that? 
It was, it's, I found out that's very embarrassing for the person doing that. <laughs> so I've made a lot of mistakes. So what we do is that we are in a, in, in a uh, bullpen. And so when we're, I'm listening to calls and I'm like, okay, let's stop for a minute. And I ask, how did that call, how did that call go, Reagan? What do you think you did well and what do you think you needed to work on? So we got to do on-spot training. Are you guys doing on-spot training and listening to the call along with them? Absolutely. Okay. The other thing is, is that we have scheduled training Mondays and Fridays. Twice a week. Twice a week. Wow. Who has scheduled training once a week? Six or seven people? Twice a week? That's why you should listen to this guy. Bruce, my big boy Bruce here. Twice a week you do training. Wednesdays and Fridays. Nice. I do all the trainings in my office. I'm the quarterback. I'm the best salesperson. I'm not going to delegate that out. I want it done whose way? My way. It's my leads, my team, right? Ben, so the it's question was, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. The question was, because we're recording this, the question yeah. was, who does the training? Who does the training? Exactly. Does that make sense? We've got to take ownership of our business, right? We can't delegate that out. Mike? Mike, Mike. As far as timing, uh, when you guys do the uh, team huddle in the morning and you do the training and then you do scheduled training, how much time do you guys spend on those? So team huddles, roughly 15 minutes uh, in the morning. We start every morning at 8.30. And so we start that meeting right at 8.30. They know my expectations of what, what, what time to show up. Uh, they're there every morning at 8.30. So we do that for 15 minutes. Um, and then on Mondays, we actually do 30 minutes. Uh, where I go into a little bit more in-depth of whatever I think the team needs to work on. And so what we really focus on, honestly, is our process of what happens when the lead comes in all the way to contract with my LP1s. So because, I be, what, one second, sorry. Yep, because they, for, they stop doing it exactly the way I want it. They go back and revert to old habits. And I want it done exactly the same way every time. It's consistent. I want to make sure you didn't miss what Ben said. Did he say he does an hour, an hour and a half long trainings? 15-minute training, 30 minutes max. People don't have the attention span to do a one-hour training, right? 30 minutes tops for your training, and that's when you're really going deep. Never, ever, ever more than 30 minutes, right? Make sure you remember that and write that down. We got another question over here. Yeah, yeah, I think you just answered the question, but what topics are you typically training on each week? If it's once or twice a week, are you training on something new or a new product? Is it really all just about your systems? I'll run with that one, and then you can yeah. add to that, okay? So my training looks like this. It's two 30 trainings a week, and it's LP1s in the first training, LP2s in the second training. I use my Tuesday pipeline meeting as the opportunity or platform to work with my LP2s. Right, And so what am I going to train on with LP2s? It's probably whatever we messed up on in the last couple of weeks. It might be missing a, a disputed trade line. It might be missing not counting a student loan payment correctly, a qualifying thing, not getting, right? It may be how to make the outbound Tuesday status update call to the borrower if they're helping me with that. And so I'm focused on that back-end LP2 training in my pipeline meeting. And then on front-end, it's almost always qualifying questions and scripting. It's mostly sales scripting. How to answer the phone, how to overcome an objection. 
that answer your question? Awesome. So, so you guys have a slightly larger team, uh, well, mid-sized team, I assume. Uh, do you guys have on your for your operations like an office manager that you guys pay separately, or is that a team captain role? Yeah, good question. So that probably doesn't apply a lot to this this class here to have an operations manager. The answer is I don't have a separate operations manager. Or, so, or, or office manager. Office manager. For, so for me, that would be the secretary, front desk lady. That, that, and that's just an LP1 then? That would be an LP1 admin. Literally, my LP1 admin, and I, I wasn't big enough. I wasn't making enough money, but I knew I needed a personal assistant. Well, she served as the receptionist. She ordered all the groceries. She was my admin, helped me with my core homework form stuff, right? So what I want you to take away from that is, look, it's okay for them to have a, a second job. Okay. Your head LP2 could become your ops manager, but she's still going to carry a pipeline, Got right? It, I'm yeah. not going to have someone that gets out of loans. Because I'm so black and white when it comes to that. And Well, this is your role. Like, you know, you're in, we'll delegate another LP1 for strictly for marketing, and then we'll have another ops manager. You know, it's just black and white, but... I guess you still blur the lines for a little bit of time. Yeah, I mean, Ab absolutely. You agree? Yes, absolutely. I love what you said because we want to see how far we can stretch people, right? We need to know what their limitations are and what they can handle. Not a, how many how many quarterbacks are in the NFL? There's 30 teams, right? Yeah. Are all of them Tom Brady? No. No. Right? So He's obviously the greatest ever. So he obviously can do more, handle more, all those things. So we're going to have Tom Brady's. And we might have Carson Wentz's. <laughs> right? Who? <laughs> I don't know that is. Carson Wentz. I think he just went to the wall. I like his name. Yeah. More questions? Yeah, I've got a question for you, Carson. So you're training your LP2s. Are you training your LP2s with the LP1s in the training with you, or is that separate? So the L great question. The LP1 sits through the pipeline meeting, and then when I roll into the training, sometimes I'll have an LP1, like Megan that's been with me forever because she really knows more than I know now. Um, and so I may, like, bounce off of her on some, like, more up-to-date guideline questions or, or, or if I'm teaching on guidelines. But generally, I'm training LP2s with just LP2s. Yeah, so because typically my meetings are just my LP1s in the meeting. But you brought something up that I thought – maybe that I'm really dropping the ball on, and that's spending more time with the other team because they don't see eye to eye all the time. It's almost like the processor and the originator have such a difference, right? And they have different mindsets. But I thought there's something you said that you, when you go in and do the training with your LP2s, thought, well, maybe they have the team lead train the LP1s that day or do do your pipeline meeting, move into the LP2 meeting, and train them. I think Bruce makes a great point, and that happens organically in our pipeline meeting that the, the whole team is in, right? Is there's sometimes this adversarial, a uh, little bit of conflict between the the investigator processor detail guideline and the more salesy loan officer us and the LP1 lead intake. Can I make Does a comment make on that real quick? Yeah. So I actually do the team meeting with everybody in the team because there's not a separate team in my eyes. We are all looking to do what? Generate leads. That's our job, right? And I want my team to be hunters. We are all hunters on our team. We are not gatherers. We are hunters. And I, I, I explain that to everyone on the team. So what that means to me is, is that right now, are LP2s uh, slammed and busy? No. So what can they be doing to help us hunt? 
They can call. So every one of my LP2s call 10 past clients every day. Every day. Hey, how are you doing? Checking in on you, right? Even though I'm making those Thursday calls as well. Even though with the letter of the, the letter of the week, right? But I want my team to be involved. I want it, I want my, I want my team checking in, right? Because we're all hunters, right? And every, just like on the coaching that we've been doing the last couple of weeks, what did we do? Every one of your team members should have a 10 list or 10 name list VIP list, right? They are a part of the team because, and this is what we talk about all the time. We want to put pressure on them because we are in a tight market. This guarantees what? It guarantees their job. And we have to be all going towards the same direction. And that's where it comes back to the celebration number, that we are all involved making that happen. One for all. All for one. I've got a question right in the middle of the room here. I have one right Oh, Perfect. I wanted to ask on y'all's LP1 specifically, what do y'all find the best way to comp and incentivize them? So if they're calling and setting appointments, do you bonus them on each appointment set or 10 or, or is there anything like that? How do you incentivize them outside of their yeah, base salary? Good question. So the answer is no, because that's the job. Right. Right. Same with you. Yeah. Per file bonus. Yeah. So like I, I want them to, if they're going to do something that stands out, then I will spiff them something, right, where I see that they've done, where they've gone, gone above and beyond. But when we, when we start doing those things, does it ever end with the money? No. So we've got to, that's their job to make those calls, have those conversations. So it goes back to those expectations. What are our, our expectations today? We're going to have 20 conversations. We're going to see so many people. We're going to send out so many thank you cards, right? So if our LP1s know what we expect from them, then what can happen with them? They can leave the office and they know that they did their best job because most of our team members don't know whether they've done a good job or not. Okay? They have to have those expectations of these are the minimum standards on the team so that when they leave the office, they are happy and they know that they've done a good job. I got a question. How many of you guys are paying a per-file bonus or paying some extra incentive above and beyond the base pay? Yeah. Think that's smart right now in this kind of market? Give them a little higher base and take away the per file variable piece. The problem was when we were a team of three closing 10 to 15 loans a month, 10 to 12 loans a month, whatever it was, it worked. When you have eight people and you're closing 40 loans a month, it doesn't work. Right. Right? Doesn't work. That makes sense? Awesome. We've got another question over here, I believe. Over there first. This one over here. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, I do. So kind of a basic question. I kind of feel stupid asking it, but so I've got a team of two or 10 to 15 loans a month. And the problem is, is I don't think I know exactly what I want my business to look like. Did you guys ever have that? And then did you just like stay up till two in the morning, writing it all out and figure, I mean, I'm a high eye, so I'm just kind of like, Bleh. does that make sense? It's, this is a progression. Okay. <laughs> We're becoming, right? Yeah. So I've been in the core nine years. I've been in the mortgage business 19 years, right? you're getting a little bit better every day and you're implementing one thing at a time. So when I came back from the core event, I'd come back and we're like, these 20 things need to be implemented. They never got implemented, right? So we're implementing one thing at a time. So if you see something, you're like, how do we answer the phone? Boom, that's one thing. Then it's another thing and it's another thing and it just starts compounding and stacking. 
and it's just getting better. I hate it. I want to get better, right? Right here. How do you retain your LP1s? Because naturally they're ambitious and they want more money, but how do you keep them at that position if they're good and they're profitable for your business? Awesome. Part three of our talk today is how to retain people. So we're going to spend like 20 minutes answering your one question. So I'm going to table that one just for a moment. Any more questions before we move on to the next section? We want this to be super interactive with questions because I want you to get out of the class what you need. Go ahead. Yeah, I have a uh, unique situation where I have a partner. So there's two team leaders in our office. She's the guideline guru. The, she handles the processes. I ha handle the sales, but we both originate. So that LP1 admin, when you're looking at emails and making sure your desk is clean, doing all those tactics, is it safe to say it's dependent on volume of how much you need in terms of one LP, one admin, two of them. How do you figure out when it's time for a second? Yeah, that's a good question. For me, I don't think I would ever need more than one admin to take care of me. Now, I've, this is a few years in the future, but when you're, whoever's the best person on your team, there's a point where maybe they need their first assistant and they're going to train that fourth person on your team, right? And so I hired my best person, an admin, and she trained the admin, and now the admin does her job as well. Does that make sense? So that admin position, we didn't mention this. We use that admin position the same way we've used the receptionist position at the branch as a way to get your foot in the door. Yep. And then we figure out where your strengths are and decide if you're going to go, if you're more people relationship oriented, you're going to go LP1 lead intake. Or are you more task oriented and are going to go LP2 more operational? Does that make sense? Yeah. We got some more questions. Yeah, Carson, right here, bud. Wherever uh, it is, go ahead. When, when you guys talk about the return and report information back to you, do you have a specific metric? for your front end um, as far as calls are concerned, stuff like that. And then the second piece is on the accountability portion of that, I think that when we have smaller teams, whether it's one to three, which is kind of a lot of the room today, mm -hmm. um, we kind of, we struggle to transfer from like, I want to be a liked leader rather than I I want to feel like I'm holding them accountable. And we all kind of toe that line for a long period of time. And so maybe a couple of tactics just to say, like, how do I, how do I become more firm for them when we're progressing into going from that 10 to 15 to 20 to 25 as we're working down that line? Great question. Great. You to tackle part of it, Great. and I'll get the other yeah, part. You go, think? you start. Great okay, question. so the first part of it is do we have metrics? I'll, ta I'll tackle that. Okay, sorry. You sure? You yeah. tell me to tackle I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. No, no go ahead. I love this because this has been a game changer for me. Just, I've literally, this has only been in the last year that I've realized that when I do my greatness tracker and I do it well, that I leave the office and I feel great. And so what we've done on our team is everyone has a scorecard, basically. Okay? And that scorecard has What's a scorecard? The scorecard is how many calls, how many conversations... How many applications did they do, and how many deals did they help me submit? It sounds like a checklist. Yeah. You got them on a measuring yep. checklist, right? So measuring go through that checklist. again. This is big. Yep. So calls, conversations, applications, and how many deals they helped me submit, as well as CCRs. Okay. So what I, what I mean by CCR is... And I think a lot of times we overlook our LP1s with 
setting the stage, right? Because we are getting the all about you form on every client. We are talking to them about the who do you know form. They have to help us set the stage, right? They have to talk about those things. And we get a ton of CCRs from our LP1s. So they have to help us set the stage. So that is a question that I ask, and I think that that's important. Or if they happen to um, talk to uh, an agent or a family member or a past client calls in, I'm looking for an appointment from them for, for, for at least one a week. CCRs. How many of you want another current client referral? How many of you want current client referrals? Do you think you ought to track it? What's that saying? What gets measured gets done, right? And so tracking the CCRs on your scorecard score yep. scorecard, is probably a really brilliant idea, right? It tells them on a weekly basis, reinforcing, hey, this is important to me. This is part of your job. Yeah, so we just that. have a Google Doc uh, sheet that's up on their, on their computer. And literally every time something happens, they put another, they add another number to it. Just like on our greatness tracker, when we talk to somebody, we fill it out with a conversation. So they know whether they're on track. And so that color codes it yellow or red, which means they're not doing well that day. Yellow, they're getting on track, and green means that they're over. So by a show of hands, because there's a second part to Dustin's question that I want to address. You did a great job answering that Thank first you. part. Thank you. That was awesome. By a show of hands, how many of you need to go home and do a scorecard by role, by each position? Why? Guess what? It's almost done for you on the flow chart. We have the top three metrics, job duties and metrics. So just spin that for what your metrics are right. and then break it down into a weekly, weekly, correct? Yep. A weekly daily, basis. Week, I mean, daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly. You guys are reviewing it weekly? Oh, yeah. Yeah, reviewing it weekly in the team meeting on the a Monday meeting, or what? No, the team meeting every morning we're talking about, hey, how did your day go? Was it successful? So it's a daily scorecard on Ben's team. I was feeling a little overwhelmed thinking about a weekly scorecard. <laughs> that's probably why you do 40 loans and I do 25 loans a month, right? Pretty sure that's it. Second part of the question was, and I think I've just been around Rick long enough that it's just ingrained in me now that he expects more out of me than I expect out of myself, right? And so the question was, as you grow, you're, you start to struggle with being friendly with them versus being their boss. And how do you hold them accountable and have that tough love? And I don't know if I can tell you the answer for you, but I can tell you what works for me is that they want to know that they're doing their best and that I'm happy with the job that they do. And I know that if I pour into them enough, that if, if I'm reviewing their budget and talking about their money, that if I am providing, we're going to do this in the culture section, but providing a trainer at the office twice a week to work out because I want them to be energetic and feel their best. If I'm having a one-on-one -on -one meeting with each person every week, we alternate through a different person, and I go through the whole branch, and I'm just talking about them. A few of the examples of ways that I want to make sure that they feel cared for and that they'll go to battle for me. And in that moment when I'm not my best and I crush them because that's what Rick's taught me to do, to crush them. You guys have heard him yell, right? I have no problem with saying you did that wrong. I don't like how you did that. You got to do it this way. How many times have we talked about this? It has to be done my way. It's not going to work out. Right. So I don't have a problem being that tough, but they don't feel threatened because they know that, like, I have their back. I care for them. I want what's best for them. And they know that it's just me being tough because it was a hot button. Does that make sense? It's awesome. Did I answer the question? Yes. Was that kind of cool? So I, can I go into this just for a second? Because when, when we were preparing for this class, 
I was blown away at what Carson does with each team member. So Carson, what do you do with each team member to uh, make them feel important so that you can, you know, have that carrot in the stick? Yeah, so let's transition into the third part of our talk today, right, which is retaining people. And for me, that looks like if I can see a brighter future for them and I provide an opportunity for growth within this role than within the branch, that I earn their loyalty because I'm looking out for their interests. Remember, we hired a whole bunch of experienced people. No, we hired a whole bunch of new people, right? And we're pouring into them and growing them. Is it easy training and growing and developing new people? No, it can be super frustrating. But is it worth it? Yeah, because you create massive loyalty, right? And that's really what we're talking about here. And so there's a bunch of different things that we do, that Ben does, that I do, that a lot of our core members do to create a a, a good, what we're talking about is, is the right culture at your branch. Because I can be super tough and forget to like say something nice before I say something not so nice. I usually just go for the correction and I forget to do the carrot or the sandwich or whatever. I know you're way better at that than me. So one of the things that I do, I, I feel that's like a home run, is have a breakfast meeting every Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock, the same time, with a different employee each week. Did you guys hear that? That's the part that I was blown away with. So uh, I'll elaborate on that. So it was fun when there was like four of us because like we were having breakfast once a month, right? Four people once a month. Well, now there's 23 people in the branch. Of course, I meet with my team and it alternates. My admin schedules it. But what do I find out when I meet with my L.O. Aaron, his LP one? What does that LP one tell me about Aaron that I need to go back? Like, dude, we got to get this in, in shape here. Like, she's struggling about this and y'all aren't talking. It's such a great opportunity. And so I want you to hear that in, in, in my role, it's not just meeting with each person on my team, Dustin, like in your role, but like meeting with my L.O.'s teams was a big deal. Yeah. It's awesome. And so, in that meeting, I talk all about them, right? We're so how often, how often um, so you do that every Wednesday, are you getting through everybody on the branch? Getting through yeah. everybody on the branch once a month? Takes five, and nope. So I do one meeting a week. There's 23 people, so it takes 23 weeks to meet with everybody. Awesome. I probably didn't explain it right. Yeah, so it's everybody right now twice a year. Awesome. Can anybody write that down and take that back and spend time like Remember what Roy talks about? We gotta put we gotta put water in the well to take water or to get to, to be able to take that out, right? We've got to pour into them before we can take something out, and they feel important when we're doing that. So Ben, yeah. um, I want to see if you have the same answer that um, that I think is true. What do people say they want they want more of? Like when we do, we do our culture test, what do they want more of? Give me. I know me. what my I know what my issues are. I need to work on being a better listener. And they want to spend more time with us. Got it. So the second one is what I was hoping he would say. They want more of your time and they want more training. It's like what I constantly see. And we, I think we spent the majority of, of today's talk about training yeah. and getting a little bit more of your Let's, time. Let me be clear. I have not always been the best leader. And I don't even think I'm the best leader. I, I, don't, I have lots of flaws. Just because I'm up here on the stage doesn't mean that I have anything figured out. I want to make sure you guys or that Carson feels like he has anything figured out. We are just working on these things to get a little bit better every day. So, so one of the things that um, one of the things that I do in my office for uh, culture 
is that we do, number one, is, and if you're not doing this, and Carson mentioned this, is we've got to do a personal budget with everyone in our office. Mandatory. So why am I so loyal to the core? And I say this all the time. Why am I so loyal to the core? Is because Rick has poured into me and changed my life because I grew up on a farm where everything, I didn't know, I didn't understand money. My parents were living month to month. It was constant chaos around money. And so I came to the core, and here Rick, uh, Rick took the time, and the other coaches took the time to pour into me, and they helped me figure out my money, right? So we've got to do a personal budget. We do a monthly potluck every month. We just did one yesterday. I wasn't there. It, uh, it's sad, but um, my yeah. team took all these photos, and they posted them all over social media because they were making fun of me. They put a mustache on my face. It was super fun. So the other thing that we do is we do a compliment tree. And they, my team loves this. Uh, every Wednesday, uh, from, from everything in the week, where, when, every, when, anybody stand, when, when somebody stands out and they've done something above and beyond, they get a leaf. Or they, ta- they take that leaf and they write down what uh, that person did that, where that person stood out. And so everybody in my office loves those shout-outs, right? They love those shout-outs. And the other thing is, is it's actually a lemon tree. Okay, so I'm Ben Lemon, right? Uh-huh. And they take a, a, a yellow lemon, they've cut that out, and that's and they put something where somebody really stood out, and that's worth five leaves. And so at the end of the month, whoever has the most leaves, they get a hundred dollar gift card and some swag and some other things. And there is some super big competitions where people are, you know, trying to get my attention and looking to stand out. So Ben, let's do this, yeah. right? Let's have you guys work at the table. I want you to come up with one thing you feel like you do well in terms of like celebrating your team or providing a great culture, something you do well. We don't want a big, long talk about it, but just announce it to the table, go around, and then I want you guys to write down the one thing from the table, and we'll go around and get a few ideas so that we can collectively tap the brain of the entire room and get so that I can get a few more things to do to take better care of my team. That sound good? So you guys are going to work at your table. really crystal clear on the directions, right? So what we want you to do is to share one thing that you do, that, that came up from the table that you do to create a good culture. Once a week on Fridays for our Friday meeting, I pick up all the mochas for the whole staff as we come in, so we do a mocha Friday. Awesome. Love it. How about this table here? You know, outside of holidays, every day there's a national day, right? It's National Ice Cream Day. It's National Pie Day. So whatever that is, I supply that for my team. It's pretty inexpensive, but you guys they get love that? it. That is such a great idea. There is a national day for everything. For everything. Yeah. So me crazy. national ice cream, national pie day. Love it. That's a that's really good. We have a team dinner at least once a month. We do a breakfast uh, with three or four people every well, probably once every two weeks, and we fill the fridge with food. Awesome. Nice. A lot awesome. of food. How often do you have – let me ask you guys this question. How often are you having your team at your house? You're, you're, you're giving them all away. we got to let them give us some. Come on. That table back there. Lovely Alicia here hosts her team at a beautiful 
mansion in Lake Tahoe every year. Has them uh, come along and invite their family, and they eat great food and play a bunch of games and just have an amazing time. A big annual celebration. That's awesome. Next table. Wherever you guys want to go with the mics is good with us. We want every table to participate here. Oh, shoot. Hello. So we do an admin day once a year, uh, and we do I do a once-a-month lunch with the whole team. Can they, yeah, and then I check up with them. I do uh, a, a half-hour checkup with each individual staff member each, each month. Nice. Awesome. Dustin, what do you do? What was said at the table that, that you thought, wow, that's good? Well, ben cut us off really quick, so we only got through three of us. Uh, so you did that to me, too. You noticed, right? I, I did not say that, Carson. You did. Um, so uh, I'll just use mine. Personal family budgets with the staff has absolutely changed every part of our culture. The Personal budget. I love it. Next table. Right here. Ours is uh, getting out of the office during business hours to do something, the whole team. How often? Uh, usually once a month, a really nice lunch, wine, you know, that sort of thing. Is it based on when you hit a certain goal or is it just... No, just to get out of the office, so, you know, tired of ordering them lunch every day, you know, in the office, expecting them to work, you know, constantly in the office. Love it. Coming right here. Okay. Last week of the month. The last week of the month, we send DoorDash gift cards to all of our teammates to let them order dinner once or twice during the busiest time of the month. Love it. So a lot of feeding our teams. So let's get something other than food. We got that one covered, right? I like it. That was a food one. We have a corporate pastor who comes in every week and talks to everybody in the office. And then they can call him anytime. He doesn't, like, he doesn't even tell me if someone calls him. So they... 100% confidentiality. If they ever don't have anybody to talk to about something, they have his number so they can call him directly. That's amazing. I wrote that down. Thank you. Wow, that's good. Um, hi, everyone. We have a team uh, employee recognition once a month, a quarterly mixer, bowling, or movies, or dancing. And then once a year, we take the team either to a cruise or to DR. Woo! Sounds like it'd be fun working for her, huh? I want to go work for her. <laughs> nice. So for our team, LOs and salespeople are always getting awards at the end of the day. So I've asked corporate to include the LPs and people that stood out on it because they really love the recognition. Recognizing operational staff. Yes. I love it. Yes. More recognition. We have a team of four, and uh, it may not be the best, but we rotate uh, once a week, one person on the team can actually choose a day off that week, and uh, that motivates them a lot more. So, so time off, right? Cool. That's really good. 4 p.m. on Friday is mine. Whole office gets to go. Awesome. Next table. I think we hit everything. We got everybody? What's what, Did we miss? You got one more thing you want to add? I have one I want to add. Yeah, go for it. Okay, cool. So I started doing this six years ago, and I bring a trainer to the office, and we work out in the parking garage. And I did it selfishly because I wanted to have a trainer, and I'd drop my kids in the morning, and I don't want to get up at 4.30 in the morning and do it. And in the afternoons, I'm busy. I coach my kids' golf team. And so I brought a trainer into the office, and it was a hit. And we work out a boot camp-style instructor. I pay him 75 bucks, and it's such a big hit. And we started getting in 
no, I'm not in great shape, but we started getting in pretty good shape, right? And I had some ladies that wanted to participate. And so I was like, Chris, will you do a second group? So now we do two groups on Monday and Wednesday, a 3.30 and a 4.30 group. Cost me $150 for the two sessions twice a week. So it's 300 bucks, $1,200 a month. And I'll tell you that so much team building comes out of suffering in the time from Austin, Texas, in the 105 degree heat on a concrete park top of a concrete parking garage. Like, it sucks. We pull fire hoses, we flip tires, we run stairwells. Like, it really sucks. And whatever my top guy was complaining about on one of his loans or one of our processes or whatever, we get out there and we sweat a little bit and it's like, okay, that really wasn't that big of a deal. Right? That's my, that's my big one. That's been the biggest six years of that's been the biggest change. The people that didn't do the workout don't work here anymore. Don't work with me anymore. Isn't that funny? Like everybody does the workout and it's probably because that's just kind of part of who we, who we are. Awesome. Do some Q and A now. Wrap it up. Love it. So let's, uh, let's recap, uh, what we talked about, right? So development, who does what, right? Where to find them. I think that that's a, a, a big, uh, key. Where do we find them? I hope that you you got a lot of that a lot out of that um, expectations and training right as well as uh, as well as retention culture. was the third part yeah, yeah sorry yeah, culture and retention yes sorry so let's get some Q and A what what uh, questions do we have about those three topics we got a bunch of questions yes. I love it let's go table to table yeah. Tyler Beard here um, so quick question how do you set boundaries with your team? regarding, you know, solving problems during the day? Do you do that with their team meetings, with LP1s, LP2s? Hey, you're allowed to come in this time for 15 minutes and then maybe 15 minutes before the end of the day so you can help them solve the problems so you're not being interrupted in the middle of your day? And we're answering the question for a three-person team. Yeah, for a three-person team. So, yeah, so what I do is, again, and this has been the case all along, is that I have a printed daily schedule, right? And so we go over that printed daily schedule in the team meeting, okay? So we go over that, we talk about that, so they know what my schedule is like. It doesn't matter whether you have one person on your team or 10 people or 27 in your office. They need to know what you're doing so that they don't bug you when you're supposed to be making your calls, right? So does that help you? You've got to, you've got to let people know what you do so that, you, so that you're not getting, hey, Tyler, hey, Tyler, hey, Tyler. All right, I'm going to make you tell on yourself. I just have to see. There's going to be a couple in the room. Yeah. How many don't have a printed day at a glance on their desk? One, two, three, four, five. There's like 15 of them. Yeah. Make a change and get a printed schedule on your desk, like right away. That's like 101 and the easiest thing to change and implement. That's what your meeting with your admin is about. And over to the right, I track, like, what are the extra things I need to do? And then I figure out who could do it for me, right? It's such a massive efficiency tool. Let's start up here at this table with another question. How do you separate friendship from business? Because that's been a hard thing for me. I've been, I mean, they're like my best friends. They know more about me than most people. I mean, we have each other's back like nobody. And that was the difference between me before the core, even when I managed for Countrywide. You know, I wasn't a good leader. And now it's like, okay, maybe I stepped over too much. That's a good question. I look at um, my team as my work family. And there literally are a couple of people on my team that, like, literally, I think of her as family. Like, she's my work wife. Like, I would do anything for their family. Um, and so friends, yes. Like, we're friends. I don't hang out after work with some of them, right? But I care deeply for most of them. And so I look at it more as, like, family and business, and, and, and there's no definitive line. You, 
Any thoughts on that? You know, I've, uh, it's a great question because uh, some, of, some of the people that know me well in this room, I've, I hired, I've hired friends. And it's super hard to, at least for me, to set boundaries with them. And so I had to make a decision that, hey, friends, are, friends uh, outside of the workplace and bringing them into the workplace just doesn't, didn't work for me because I wasn't, I wasn't having those hard conversations. So you need to decide, I think you know what the right thing is to do, and that is either they need to, they need to be let go or they need to, or that you need to make it, or pressure them. I think a lot of times we're not willing to put the pressure on them. So I put pressure on him and he actually left. Yes. So once I applied the pressure and I did the right thing. Another question here. Hey guys, thank you, uh, Anthony Nicholas. So uh, two part question. You guys obviously have a lot of success hiring inexperienced people. What are some of the non-negotiables, two or three non-negotiables that you look for? Um, and then do you find that there is a specific disc profile or personality type that works best for those LP1 roles? That's a loaded question. You want to take it? Sure. Take it. No, I, 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 what I'm looking way. for is, number one, hard workers. Number two, a great attitude, somebody that asks questions. I think that uh, we overlook that. Uh, they need to come into the, when that, when that interview process happens, we need to have them ask great questions. And here's the other thing too, guys and gals, is that in the past, when somebody was referred to me, I would go into that meeting and be like, you need to come work here. This is the best place. This is amazing. And now it's like, no, 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 no. Right? So I want to look at as ma I want to meet with as many people as possible. Because this is important. This is important. You're bringing them into your workplace. You're bringing them into your family, right? So we need to make sure that we are spending the time and asking those questions of those people. And then the other thing that I'm looking at is an incredible attitude, how their wardrobe is, and then back to the last one, are they willing to work? Love it. Mine must want to grow. They must be fast learners. They must have a great attitude, and they must be coachable. In fact, like, they got to be coached, right? That's what, that's what we do at Works. That's what we do at the branch. That's what we do with our people, right? And training, coaching with your team is kind of the same thing, synonymous. Great question. The second part of your question was LP1 profile. I touched on it earlier, right? An LP1 lead intake is going to be talking to people. So they probably should be a little more relationship oriented. Yes, you can look at the disc. It probably has a little bit more I. Maybe you got some S in there for that personality type. Maybe the D comes out with time, right, as they get more uh, following a checklist and more punctual and all, all of that stuff, right? Good question. Yes. Okay. Hey, guys. So um, you have your people. You, you've, you got them hired, and you want to set up a perfect file flow. Um, how do you... Do you have a meeting to go through that? How do you set really good expectations on who does what? So for me, uh, this this doesn't happen overnight. Like what I told you uh, guys, guys and gals earlier is that this is a progression of one thing at a time. So yes, we have team meetings and we have uh, quarterlies and we, we sit down and we map things out, right? So we've got to map that out of what that file flow looks like but we can only implement one thing at a time. And we've got to get really good at that one thing before we add another piece. It's got to be compounding. So yes, your, your team, yes, you need to sit down and you need to map that up, 
map that out of what you want and what your team wants. And here's the thing, too, is that a lot of times we don't ask our team members what they think. Our team members can bring a lot of value to that situation and help us with the roadblocks that we don't know that are there. Great question. We've got another one back here. Hi. Um, so taking it back to when you started growing and you had hired maybe one, maybe two people, um, at that point, were you on your own P&L, had your own branch, or were you under someone else's P&L? And then at what point did you transition to have your own, say, gig, branch, P&L? Yeah, great question. Uh, I was definitely not on my own P&L and probably had no business being on my own P&L. If I'm just starting to grow a team, I certainly don't have any business running a, a branch and taking all that on, in my opinion. Like, I think first, you you got to get to 20 closings a month and build a rock star team, right? Then you can start growing a branch and running a P&L and training and developing other people, other loan officers, right? So... But you can kind of run a P&L within your branch, right? You're figuring out how to pay for your team. Are you paying for it completely out of your commissions? Or are you getting some ad back from your, your branch, right? And so, but for, for me, and I bet the same for you, like when you started growing a team, you weren't your own P&L, no. right? No way. No. Hey, uh, gentlemen, uh, my first visit to the course been a wonderful uh, few days here. So my biggest challenge in, in coming here, uh, it, I've, we spoke, um, is not personal motivation. I think a lot of the people in the room are pretty much self-starters and, and real go-getters, and I've, and I've really seen that with the group. The identity with hiring individuals is, is I think, the complexity. So you guys just touched in on a little bit about um, choosing friendship over you know, working, and obviously we want to morph them into almost a familial structure, but my direct boss above me, where I work, is very strict about not wanting to have that interaction. So in hiring people, um, it's... I'm ready for the question. Give it to me. So it's been challenging to really push for the identity because of the people that you want to hire underneath you don't want to be a self-starter. They want a job. They want a salary. They want something that's consistent. How do you help them transition from that where your mindset is really designed for production, you know, hunting? Like you said, everybody on the team is a hunter without necessarily bypassing everybody because if they wanted to be an LO, they would have become an LO at yeah. the very beginning. Yeah, I think I understand the question. Um, we talked about the scorecard and holding them accountable, having people that want your approval. Um, I, well, that's what works for yeah, me, right? But, but, but here's the thing, guys. We have to share our vision, right? We have to know where we're going. You're not going to jump in the car and say, you're not going to ask. You're not. You're going to say, where are we going, right? So it's your job as the leader to say, hey, we're going here. Let's go. Let's get pumped up. We're going to close this many loans this week, month. We're going to submit this many files. We're going to close on time. All those things. We've got to sh- we've got to share that vision so they buy in because people need a leader and they need to we we they want to follow someone. If you're not leading, they're going to go to somebody else that's going to lead them. That's right. I love it. So we took a lot of questions in the class today, and we are wrapping up. We are at the end. I don't have time, but we can certainly talk right after yeah, this. Yeah, right okay? after. If come any find questions, me. come up and see us. And we're here. We're around all afternoon. Listen, this is super important. i got to have you do this. 
I need you to take out your phone, flip the back of your tag, scan that QREQD code thingy, right? And it's going to pull up a survey. And I think we have it hard-coded where you can only select five. So that's the only acceptable right answer. You're going to select a five for us. If you felt like we got a bunch of good information out of the class, answered a bunch of questions, and wanted to make this as interactive as we could. As you're doing that, let's give it up for Ben Lemon crushed it on stage today. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. Thanks for being let's here. Give it up for Carson. You've been listening to the Core's Sales Training Bootcamp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at www.thecoretraining.com.